Hi everyone, I'm Pamelia Chia and you are listening to the Singapore Noodles podcast, your go-to destination to learn about Singaporean food culture. Today I have on the show Yugne Susela, who is the founder of The Elephant Room, which is a bar in Singapore that showcases the beauty of Indian culture and heritage. In the following conversation, he shares about the multicultural side of Teka Market and how he conceptualizes drinks inspired by the beauty of Little India. Why is it that you have chosen to showcase your heritage um, through this bar concept? I, I love uh, Indian culture very much, you know. I, I'm, I'm grew up around it, you know. It's, uh, it's everything that I see, smell and taste and it's always linked to Indian element. You know, thanks to my mother, you know, uh, even the curry, uh, the ingredient, you know. When I'm studying in the room, the smell of the spices will always make me sneeze when I was very young, you know, but she was cooking. So all these things make me intrigued a lot. And uh, of course, uh, me going to Little India with my family on a usual basis has always in- intrigued me about the smell of the flowers, the hospitality of the Indian restaurants, the banana leaf restaurants, um, the culture, uh, you know, it's very colorful. So as I grew up, I never thought in my life, I will open up a bar that is based on my heritage. Never ever. I, I know that I always wanted to open up a bar. But there came one day, I, 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 I was in a very, very deep uh, thoughts. And I'm like, I know I'm going to open up a bar. And something just tell me, I think I should open up a bar based on Little India. And, and I know myself, I can, I can do this. And, and, and that's where I, I never turn back. I just move forward. Yeah, why is it that Little India has such a such a fun place in your in your heart? You know, did you grow up in Little India? Uh, I I I, I would say growing up, you know, I spent a bit of my time over there when I was sixteen. I I worked there for a while. I worked in a in a in a in a in a, in a barber shop in Little India. You know, and, and this barber shop has been visited by lots of migrant workers. You know, and and somehow or other, me listening to their stories. And 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 their and their conversations and you know made me very very closely connected to Little India actually. Practically every day I was going to Little India when I was sixteen years old. I don't think that is something very very common for a young Singaporean Indian. It it is it is not common, you know. I think some people might get just get bored out of it every day. Little India, you know. When I wake up, I go to Little India. I come back home, I sleep, I go to work. So it was a it was a daily basis when I was sixteen, but then uh, I wasn't bored of it. I wasn't like tired of going to Little India. I actually loved it so much. So I realized it it somehow or rather it created this fuel of of passion for my bartending as well and and to to showcase. You know, Indian culture to the form of cocktails and hospitality, very importantly, through elephant room. Yeah. Why is it not um, that common for a Singaporean, especially of the Indian descent, to go to Little India? Do you feel like there is a certain stereotype of the place? I mean, like, we, to be honest, Little India, it's, 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 it, if you look in certain areas, it is still very traditional uh, looking, you know, in terms of the spice shops. In terms of like uh, uh, the trade around there, you know, you or you you wouldn't you wouldn't really need to go there every day unless you 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 need 
things on a daily basis, which you can get it around your area. You know, um, that you must have you must have a strong reason for you to travel all the way to Little India to to get what you want. So that is one thing. Uh, you know, if you are craving for fish head curry, then you will go to Little India. If you are craving for if you're not craving, if you want to go to get your your shopping at a very very affordable price, there's only one place, Mustafa Center. You know, but uh, there's nothing more than that because uh, it's super culture, uh, centric area there. You know, um, that's the thing. But a lot of people are not aware that you know, even in 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 takeout market, it is a it is a it's a hawker center that caters to all races. Uh, we have very good uh Indian food, very good Chinese food. To be honest, one of the best duck rice is there in takeout center. There's a auntie selling Western food stall for like twenty years. Nobody knows about this, wow. you know. Um, if you want a really good prata that's been served by this Malay couple, Malay people, it's there. Like so, Teka is is I would say it's one place whereby like all races, uh, cuisine is there. Even to the to the wet market, you know, you see people selling uh beef. You see people selling chicken. Uh, the fruits uh, is mostly sold by our our Chinese friends. You know, the meat is sold by our Indian friends. The fish is also sold by our Chinese friends. So, so it's a very, very uh, multicultural wet market, which um, I always tell our customers, you know, like our guests and all, that is one wet market that has everyone. You know, you, you don't get to see one race uh, centric market or wet market. It, it have we have it in Singapore. It's nothing wrong or right. It's just that it's based on this uh, area. But if you, to, if you one day if you take a flight down to Singapore, I will show you. You know, like there is like different races and, uh, and it's very very colorful. You know, you you get to see uh different races having biryani. It's the most beautiful thing. You know, it is like one food that is welcomed by all races in, in Singapore, you know, and they know where to get the best brandy. It's take a market, you know, you go there, you find $50, you, you're, you're walking out happily and full. Wow. Oh my gosh. It's been so long since I went to, since I last went to take a market. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah. your descriptions really brought me back. And I really feel that wet, the wet markets, especially take a market, is like one of those places where, you get to experience the real Singaporean heartbeat because that's where people shop. Yes, correct. Yeah, I agree. The the, the true essence of Singaporean uh, heartbeat, like what you mentioned earlier, I can confidently tell you, you can you can find it there. You can you can really find it there. You know, you can find uh, you know, like what I mentioned. You know, the Indian selling the the Indian cuisine, the Chinese people selling their the chicken rice or the Western food. Even your famous prawn noodles is there at the back. You know, it's, 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 everything is there. Yeah. Yeah. So in the conceptualization of your menu, how have you used Teka Market or Little India as inspiration for new drinks? Uh, uh, we, look at, we look at few things as, as our pillars in our menu. Uh, right now, we look at history, the history of, of Little India. Uh, that is one. We look at the spices, what are the spices that we can use in in every cocktail we use one spice as the main ingredient the main spice that we want to show people because people have never thought of it they they always wondered how can it be used in a drink so we do that uh, another thing we, we talk about is also uh 
was that the ingredients that's found along in uh, in Tegar market what else can we can we get and, and show people you know like can you get this this kind of ingredients over there we're trying to look at these main three things we also look at uh, the people or uh, the trade you know there are some trade has been going there for years and years and years you know some some are forgotten trade um, some people thought how can this trade be transformed into a cocktail but we can so the whole idea of, of elephant room menu is that once you sit down you have a drink from us the goal is that we want you to go to little india we want you to travel there and explore this beautiful uh place of our city and and and, and enjoy every 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 essence of it what are some of these forgotten traits that you're talking about uh you know they are like you know some people they they don't like the the the, the spice keepers you know the spice shops we're talking about it uh, when I say forgotten traits, means like people like the, the current generation, uh, they don't really know what they like. The man who sell the flowers, you know, where are the flowers from? You know, what are the flowers we use for in Indian culture? Uh, one of the things that we can talk about is also um, the goldsmiths in Little India. And everybody know Little India is known for gold. Uh, Indians love gold. Okay, but there's more aspect to that. You know why is gold? Is considered one of the luxurious items in the Indian culture for many, many years, centuries of the centuries of the centuries. We even celebrate a day to buy gold. Can you believe it? Yeah, the Indians do that. On that day, gold is on a very, very good price. Go and buy gold on that day. That's a special day. So these are the things, you know, I, I find that trade that people are not really aware of. And, and we want to push that. Do you find that limiting in any way? Because it's so narrow and so niche in a way. Niche, yes, we are. We are niche. That's why we we standing out, you know. Uh, but limiting, I don't think so. Uh, we are not. There's a lot of things. Even I myself don't know. I'm learning. I'm learning from, uh, from uh, from our older generations. To be honest, you know, I'm I'm, I'm very humble and I ask them and they tell me stories. You know, uh, yeah, we are never limited. I think the possibilities is like the size of the sea, for us. You know, there's always things to to look up to 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 see how we can we can work on as well. Because we're not just talking about little India, but very importantly, is the, the 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 minorities, the culture of the minorities, the Indians. There's a lot of stories to be unfold. There's a lot of things that we can we can like really dig up and see and how like how did our forefathers came through the boats? All this, um, what were they thinking? What were they eating? What was the old eating habits? You know all this. What was um, uh, Indian cuisine is all about? Yeah, we want to show people that Indian cuisine is just not about curry. You know, it's 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 more than that. You know, so it's not just about masala or your cardamom or your your your, your cumin. You know, it, it it's 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 definitely different. So that is what uh, I'm saying. It's limitless. So can you tell me about some of your favorite ingredients inspired by Little India in your drinks? I, I think I was looking at your menu online and you had so many ingredients that I don't know anything about, you oh, know, like you yeah. use plantain skin and things like that. It's really fascinating. Yeah, uh, talking about plantain skins, we, we, we make a drink. It's called the Banana King. We use uh, every aspect of the of the banana in the drink from the, from the banana leaves to the fruit to the flesh no sorry banana skin flesh stem and leaves yeah we use that uh into the, the drink uh that's one thing that we do one of my favorite ingredients to to always work with is, is cardamom uh i love cardamom i think cardamom plays a very important aspect in uh indian cuisine 
cardamom is a love and hate relationship with people. It's either when you bite on it, you hate it. When you when you smell it, you love it. You no, know? so I thought, how can we make it a, a love for all um, uh, thing uh, for people? So cardamom is one one thing I love to explore about. Next, I like to work on is uh, flowers. I think um, we we love our flowers mm. very much. That we have like more than like. 15 flower shops in Little India. Oh, wow. Yeah, in, in a very small area, we have 15 flower shops. We even have a, a Chinese man speaks Tamil in Little India selling flowers. They are all the way from India. They are fresh. Yeah, so flowers is something that uh, I like to work on. I think that's fantastic. And you know, you were talking about um, bananas and plantains. I think like most Singaporeans, we will only think that you can only eat the fruit. We don't know that you can eat the skin, the the stem. I mean, is that something that um, is from the Indian heritage? I mean, was that something that you grew up knowing about? Uh, yes, I mean, uh, it's Indian heritage. I mean, like... Uh... We, we eat we eat uh, plantain bananas you know as a dish you know even the stem you can you can juice it and you can drink it it's very good for you uh even the skin is 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 edible as well i mean like there's no harm in mm. like, eating the skin so even if you eat the skin it's, it it does taste like a crispy uh banana like a goreng pisang you know it, it does yeah. taste like that yeah it looks wow. like it looks like jerky but it's, it's nice, like the bacon and eggs, yeah. Yeah, and how does the plantain yeah. fruit compare to a banana? Because I'm sure a lot of Singaporeans have never tasted a plantain before. So, um, how how does it compare? Uh, plantain is it's very veggie. It's very very vegetal. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very green and it's very very sticky, you know. Um, and very and very tough and firm. So you you need to use a peeler to shave off the the pills. I've heard that um, you know some people uh, who live in South America I think they, they slice plantain into slices and fry it in oil yeah um, so how, how do you process it in your bar? Uh, we, we pickle it with vinegar is that a traditional Indian preparation? no it, it's not uh, traditional Indian preparation they usually take the plantain banana they toast it with like, turmeric and salt they fry it but we, we wanted to pickle it because I think Banana gives a very good acidic flavors to cocktails. What about for the flowers? I mean, you were talking about flowers. How do you incorporate flowers into your drinks? Uh, we 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 have some certain equipments that we have in our in our bar whereby we can able to extract flavors and, and turn them to very flavorful liquids. Um, so we rely on modern techniques. Uh, for this kind of like very very uh, I would say, uh, very very uh sensitive kind of ingredients like flowers and all because once you bruised it you know it it, it, it spoiled very fast so we use that okay so, yeah. oh that's that's something that's very familiar to me because before being a chef i studied food science so we we did all the rotary distillation and whatnot so is that like yeah we use it yeah so i guess like nowadays being a bartender is very similar to being like almost like yeah. a scientist don't you think with all that kind of equipment I mean, like I mean, like the the world is moving in a in a space whereby you know cocktail drinkers are are very curious. They're very um, they they make our life exciting because they want to try things differently. People want to go to a bar not just to drink, but to have a a experience that they never had before. They want to be impressed, you know, from the day from the time they walk to the door to the to the leave to leave us, mm-hmm. you know, they they want to be impressed and uh 
So this gives us a, a, a work, you know, for us to like, okay, we have to like really come up with very interesting kind of drinks, you know, things that really like make them wonder how we use this kind of ingredients, uh, what are the thought process being like. Because currently, the, the, the trend is that, or oh, about a few years ago, people, but customers ask questions to bartenders. They were very curious to know what goes into their drink. You know, it's, it's no more about the time whereby like you go to a bar and you, you drink and you get drunk. <laughs> you know, it's, it's more of like an experience, you know. They're paying top dollars because they want to have that experience. They want to know what they're drinking. Yeah. yeah. So in that sense, it's very similar to yeah. a dining experience. I mean, now in Singapore, more and more people are looking course, to right, yeah. Yeah, understand where their produce comes from and things like that. So I think for you as a bartender, yeah. it gives you a lot of opportunities to share about your personal history or your personal philosophies. Um, and one of the cocktails that I saw was your trash treasure cocktail. Can you tell me more about that? Trash and treasure, yeah. So, uh, the Elephant Room, I mean, like, one of, that we are trying, but we are not there yet. I mean, like, there are other bars who are much, much better than us in terms of ecosystem. And I really, really um, uh, hats off to them. But here, we're trying to play a small part to, uh, to, the, to the ecosystem, you know. And, of course, push our creative juices is whereby I came up with this concept called Trash and Treasure. There's a saying, one man's trash is another man's treasure. So, but here it's all ours. So whatever whatever the team disposes into the bin, you know, all those like, it can be seeds, it can be like uh, reused spices, it can even be like curds, it can be your cabbage from the kitchen. Um, we are slowly coming up with this movement whereby like we want to reuse it back into our drink. You know, so every week or every few days, the bartender has to really think and like, okay, what kind of drinks can we come up with, you know? So this gives us uh, another edge of like pushing the menu uh, one step ahead. But when the customer asks what is it about, then we, we explain to them and they understand it. And they are like, some are very curious. They're like, oh, how can like honey, jasmine, and tomatoes, how, how is that possible? And we were like, well, try it. <laughs> It is decent, it is nice, and then they like it, and then they keep ordering it. So, yeah, I'm very curious as to why is it that you are so conscious about reducing waste? I mean, you know, coming from hospitality and FB, it's it almost feels like waste is something that we encounter on a daily basis to the extent that a lot of people, a lot of chefs, a lot of bartenders are very desensitized to it. If you really ask me personally, like end of the night when I carry my trash bag and I feel very light, it's a very good feeling. I, I don't know why, but I, I feel that way. Like I'm like, oh wow, there isn't a lot of trash today. That's great. We have done something right. And when I check through it, it's all those like plastics and all which we are gonna throw back to our recycling bin. But in terms of like all these perishable stuffs and all, it's like mm-hmm. we are reusing it, we, you know. We're trying to like work towards that and and, and I don't know, it's, it's, just, it's just a very, very good feeling about it. And of course, it, it gives me a, a challenge also. Like, we don't want Elephant Room just to be a bar that is inspired by Little India and then be done, we finish. I think we also want to be the bar that, you know, these guys also are able to pull off. Uh, they're able to come up with a different challenge for themselves. Uh, they, we, we work on these ecosystems and all. I think that keeps the team going, you know. We, we don't want to be very, very mundane with our, with our daily job. 
And is this something that you instill in your new bartenders? I mean, this consciousness of reducing waste. Yeah, I do. You know, sometimes I, uh, I always, I mean, like as as much as, as you just got to keep constantly reminding them. Mm. You know, and and show them. You know, so and and now they are they are getting it. You know, I'm I'm very glad that you know we have one of our team member who's taking this this ecosystem very seriously. Like he's reading up about it, you know. He's he's reminding me as well, you know. Like, you give you shouldn't have thrown this. And when I hear that, I feel great. I was like, well, thank you so much for reminding me because that's that's what we need right now, you know. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's it's, it's a very good feeling. I think that's yeah. amazing. And I saw something that you're doing on your Facebook page where, um, you guys are collecting scrap, um, sari fabric and using it in your aprons. Uh, was it something that I mean? Yeah. How did you come up with the idea for that? Uh, I was I was actually very cautious in uh okay, let me use this word I was very prudent and uh in building the bar because um I didn't want to spend all the money so I mean like to build an apron in in in, in uh to make an apron in in Singapore is it's it's, it's, uh, it's a bit it's a bit high you know so I was like no way. <laughs> Let's find be let's be more creative. Then so I as I walk around Little India, we are well known for tailors. There's like dozens of tailor shops in Little India. Hand these guys are one of the best in their crafts and ladies as well. So when I went there past, I saw a lot of scraps being thrown away on a daily basis. So I was like, I asked them politely, "Can I have this?" And they were like, "Why?" I was like, "I'm gonna do something about it." Because honestly, by the time I explained to them, they will not get it. <laughs> so I was like, yeah. can I just use this? And and, and and that's how and that's how it was born. And I was like, actually, it's quite cool. You give a bit of character to Elephant Room as well. That's how the, the coasters were born. Uh, the coasters, uh, the aprons and all. Yeah. I think it's very beautiful. I mean, every aspect of Elephant Room is so well thought out. Like, not just your drinks, but also your food and also the decor and, and the aprons even. Can you tell me more about the food that you serve? The food that we serve is, uh, we, we serve a very small menu because our kitchen is very, very small. It's only a, a one-man kitchen. But uh, we do things like very nostalgic, very friendly to people. I, I never wanted to serve uh, an Elephant Room mainstream bar snacks nothing wrong but we wanted to be different so we came up with a uh, a dish uh lockdown was uh one of the things that really made talk of the town was uh the curry chicken we serve uh chicken curry with uh string hoppers oh yeah so chicken curry and string hoppers is a it's a it's a normal dish in my home uh-huh. like my mom cooks chicken curry served with string hoppers and i love it you know uh, you know, if if you go to any Indian restaurants or any Indian household, it's it's a very common thing. But I realize it is not really common for the non-Indians. Mm. You know, so I was like, okay, well then we got to sell this. Then we got to show them what is this all about. And it it had a very very good feedback. You know, people were like were were experiencing the very nice. They were like, okay, enjoying it. So that's one. So that is something from home. Mm-hmm. Another thing that we just came up with is called the, the Indian Fried Chicken Burger. Whereby I thought, you know, we are in a bar. One thing that people always look up to when you go to a bar is burger. You know, a burger is always there. and You can't go wrong on a burger. We did it in our style where we have like brioche toasted with ghee. We have uh, chicken marinated with Indian buttermilk and spices. We've got curry ale. So it's as, as much 
as Indian you can be in a burger, we did it. So that was someone who are uh, they're not sure what they want to eat, but they want to eat something and they want to have something that they know, which is a burger. So there you go. Wow, that's amazing. Like it really sounds very substantial, you know, like every time when I think about bar snacks, I think about like peanuts or like spam fries, that kind of stuff. No. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because it, it, uh, I think the, the lockdown has changed us or changed the customers. They want to go to a bar where they can eat and drink at the same time. You know, where they can share a meal with their loved ones, their friends, whoever they are with. So they want to share. You, you can't be just eating peanuts in, in, a, in a bar and then you go to a restaurant. They want to they wanna, they wanna have the evening. They want to have the evening spent at only one spot nowadays. Yeah. So we, we, are, we, are, we are doing that for them. I find it very inspiring what you're doing. And I feel that, you know, nowadays when we think about preserving food heritage in Singapore, we always think about the chefs. But uh, how do you think the bartenders can be included in this conversation? Uh, I think I think it is happening. It's just, uh, it's taking time right now. You know, like, I think there's a lot of, like, importance are being given to bars and bartenders or anybody's related to the bar industry. You know, uh, it's just the nature of business. I personally think I could be wrong. You know, food is always been treated as priority, followed by the beverage. You know, so it's just a a matter of time where you know, like the bartenders will or will be given equal importance to to chefs as well. Do you feel like there is a current current trend where more and more bars are using local ingredients in their drinks? Uh, I would say I would say yes. You know, in in Singapore uh, or even in Asia, people are people are going back to their roots, embracing their roots and embracing their their their, their own produce and to create drinks as well. Uh, even coming to spirits, you know, because um, I think the new age distillers, the new age bartenders are like they always wanted to create something new, and when they see this like huge potential of like of produce from their own country, you know, when the farmers are, are these are these farmers are taking so much pride, you know, growing their ingredients or their crops or their fruits or or anything that is growing from the land, there's so much pride in there. And and when a when a when a, when a bartender sees that, he's taking every opportunity to make a drink out of that. You know, and, and I think that's a very very good uh close bonding that we are trying to create right now. Not only bartenders, I think even chefs as well. You know, I think in Singapore, it's slowly, it is slowly becoming a, a thing, you know, like if we want to make a drink, and you know, okay, I'm going to use ingredients or ethos or values of my, of Singapore, and we want to make a drink out of that, so, which is great, yeah. you know, because it has been done in other countries for, for years and years and years, you know, you, you go to London, you get your London style of cocktails, you go to America, you get your classics, all these kind of things, all were mm. born there. But now we are coming up with our own. It's a very beautiful thing to see. And why do you think it has taken so long for us to truly embrace our heritage and jump on this bandwagon of promoting ingredients from where we live? I think to be honest, it also you, you, you do need to thank some of these uh, culinary giants in, in Singapore, you know, like all these like uh, very big chefs, you know, like your the labyrinth uh, LG Han. You know, all these big giants, you know, who, who took on this very big challenge of like 
making Singapore food to a global stage, you know, all these people. So that has given a lot of inspiration to a lot of people, a lot of even me as well. Like wow, you know, like we're making a Indian, sorry, Singaporean style of uh, food and cuisine. So yeah, all this, you know, like you know, like now you got you got Kelong in Singapore called Ahua Kelong, who is like very young farmers, you know, who are growing very good fish, very good prawns, very good seafood from Singapore. If you ask this like 20 years ago, I don't think it's possible, you know. You know what I mean? But now we have. We have. We can do it. So, yeah. You know, you talked about how Little India, you feel that it's one of the last traditional places in Singapore, which is like hyper-modern, yeah. right? Um, do you, are, you, are you hopeful that it will stay the same? I, I, to be honest, you know, nothing is, nothing is forever. Uh, I mean, like me looking at it, I want one day Little India, you know, a certain part to be cheap and trendy. And there's going to be a lot of cafes and bars and all. So that attract people to come. And that will make them explore Little India. To be honest, I would love that, you know. And of course, certain part of it, I honestly want to be traditional, you know, very, very nostalgic. You know, I still can get my, my, my usual stuffs and all. So that's like a two-way that we need to play in, in Little India. Because, um, you know, we, we just don't want to be like a one-centric uh, way to, to Little India. You go in there for one reason and, then, you know, we want it to be like, like you see Chinatown, you know, it's, it's amazing, right? You still got your, 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 the, the traditional uh, stuff going around here as well, you know. But there are also like heaps of like uh, good restaurants and bars, you know. So people, it gives the people a reason to come here. They love it, you know. You know where, do, where you want to hang out today? Let's go to Chinatown. I'm going to ask you one day, where do you want to hang out? And you will never tell me, let's go hang out in Little India. It's, it's, the chances are very low, you know. And, and anybody, you know, I'm like, so that. But hopefully one day it comes to a point where about like, if you... You know, people will want to make reservations in Little India because they want to check out the bars, FMB establishments over there. And make it very, very inviting mm. for everyone. So what do you think is your mission or the bar's mission? Is it to um, capture a vignette of what Little India is? What, what do you think is your mission? My mission for, for Elephant Room is, you know, to, to showcase what is uh, Little India, what is the, the culture is all about. And one day, we will become an, an institutional bar for aspiring bartenders. <laughs> That's amazing. I would love to visit your bar one day. <laughs> I love to host you. Even though I'm allergic to alcohol, but... Doesn't matter, we make... You make very, very good mocktails. Oh, really? Do you? Yeah. Okay, that's fantastic. Stay safe. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. That wraps up another episode of the Singapore Noodles podcast. You have been listening to Yugne Susela, who is the founder of The Elephant Room. This content is only made possible by the members who fund Singapore Noodles. If you'd like to sign up to be part of this community that gets access to weekly recipes and video tutorials, as well as monthly virtual classes, then visit our website at sgpnoodles.com. Once again, thank you for listening to the podcast and I'll catch you next week.